Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Brand New Vegan. I'm doing another Everyday Vegan story interview, this time with my good friend, Karen Alexis. Hi, Karen. Hi, Chuck. So tell me, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? That kind of thing. I am, uh, uh, let's see, I am Karen Alexis. I live in New York City, have lived here for, I don't know, 40 some years at this point. And I, um, I grew up actually in Europe and in Iowa, of all places, Kentucky and Iowa, but I moved here about 40 some years ago and it's home. I've, uh, I'm married, my husband is an actor um, and we have raised our son here in New York City, which was a lot of people think would be dreadful, but it was quite wonderful. And in spite of all the challenges, we still love New York. Well, good. So how long have you been vegan or are you plant-based? Are you plant-based for your health or are you vegan for the animals or both? Well, I would say plant-based for health. Um, although I'm perfectly happy to be kind to animals as well. That was sort of a secondary um, bonus, I would say. My initial reason for becoming plant-based was for health purposes. Um, in my case, I always thought I was healthy. We you know, ate a fairly um, healthy, more Mediterranean type of diet, even though we always battled with weight a little bit, we felt we were healthy. We weren't on medications, didn't have any chronic illnesses or anything of that sort. So um, my wake up call came in 2010. I uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer and it was a huge shock to me because I had had 10 totally normal mammograms 10 years in a row and ended up with a breast cancer diagnosis. And when that happened, it just propels, well, it propelled me and it would anybody into uh, huge decisions. And um, in my case, an enormous amount of research because I was quite perplexed why I would get cancer. I didn't have any history of, you know, family history of cancer. We felt we ate very healthy, not a lot of, you know, junk food or anything of that sort. So I kept asking myself, what is it in my body that is um, making it a terrain that cancer would want to grow in? And that led me to watching um, a brand new documentary, which had just come out, which was Forks Over Knives. And I was dumbfounded, quite honestly, that I had never heard, um, of, I had been vegetarian in the 60s, you know, and, and so I had done that more for animals, but it wasn't, I would not say a healthy diet. I mean, as a, probably it was less healthy than Mediterranean because I ate so much cheese and dairy and so on to offset meat consumption. But nobody in, nobody had told me anything about what I learned to be whole food, plant-based eating. That was a term I actually had to look up the acronym. I didn't understand what it stood for. You know, WFP, you know, all of that. So um, when we watched, my husband was enormously supportive of anything that I needed to do when I was going through breast cancer treatment. We watched the documentary together and he turned off the remote 
and immediately said, that's it, no more meat or dairy for me, which shocked me because he's a six foot four, big guy, meat and potatoes, always you know, wanted that kind of food. So before I even said, hey, this makes sense, he said to me it made sense for him which was a huge gift because we went we launched into it immediately together we started you know trying to figure out what to do clearing out things out of our cabinets out of our refrigerator and then of course trying to figure out what do we eat now and um that led me to a lot of uh different wonderful vegan chefs like you uh that helped us because I would say um, a, a big part of the success that we have had now for, uh, I guess it's 13 years eating this way and raising a child this way, I would say, who he, he loves this way of eating. He comes home and looks forward to, you know, whole food, plant-based meals. So his comfort foods are the things he grew up with, which are healthy. Um, but a big part of that success is that we learn to cook uh, with new methods uh, and with different ingredients. But um, I feel that, I mean, I always love to cook, but I think that we, we cook better than we ever have. We eat better than we ever have in, in this way. Wow. How long ago was that? 10 years ago? 2010. Okay. So... Since then, what's the greatest benefit you've seen because of the way you switched eating? I would say, I mean, our health is great. My husband, at one time, he had um, borderline uh, high cholesterol and high blood pressure. Uh, they wanted him on medication, and that was that was a big motivating factor for him to eat this way. And he has never, ever had. I mean, he goes for a yearly physical only because I force him, and his doctors always says i wish all my patients were as healthy as you he's you know exactly my husband's 75 he's on, on no medications whatsoever um he looks much younger than that he's you know energetic and sharp and you know i i just a lot of it has to be the diet that we're on you know did it help your uh, breast cancer diagnosis at all or did you still go traditional I did go traditional and I would say that that's, you know, a personal choice. I think once cancer sets up in your body, I know a lot of people are advocates of natural only, but that really has to be a decision made with um, many, many different factors and especially looking at your pathology and whatever the cancer is. So I would never tell anybody to do cancer treatment in any certain way. That's got to be personal. Having said that, when I was diagnosed, um, I was on a support forum and I became very, very close friends with 12 women who were all going through chemo at the same time. And I was as well. And we, um, we glommed onto each other and we decided to have yearly reunions. And so we went all over the country uh, for one week every year and we were together. So out of those 12 women, there's only four of us left. So I, and I didn't choose the harshest treatments that some of them did. So I won't say it, but my gut feeling is that at the least, 
the whole food plant-based diet that I've been following all these years is anti-inflammatory and has allowed my body not to have a recurrence of cancer. So I, I certainly can't, I, I, it doesn't hurt to set your body up in a much healthier uh, fashion to fight off any kind of problem. And my husband's always telling everybody, he says, I haven't had a cold in 13 years. He never, he never gets sick. I mean, none of us, we don't even get colds anymore. And yeah, and I, I really do think that that has to do with, with the diet. I tell people all the time, if they have just received a diagnosis of diabetes or cancer or whatever, you know, this diet that we all do, this whole food plant-based diet, it may not cure you, it may not reverse it, but what can it hurt to try? You might be surprised. I, I totally agree. It's just another tool and it can, maybe it, it's the tool that tips the scale in your favor, you know? Um, so I really do, um, I, I mean, I, early on I was pretty gung-ho and I was a, a, a bit proselytizing about this way of eating. And uh, most people, as you probably have experienced, don't want to hear about it. And so now I, now I wait for um, invitations to talk about it. If somebody wants to know about it, having said that, I invite people over. I cook the way I cook. I don't do anything different for them. I mean, I cook our favorite foods. Um, I take my favorite casserole to potlucks and I don't tell anybody that it's vegan. I don't tell anybody that it's whole plant. And very often it totally disappears at potlucks and very often people will ask for the recipes and are astonished because they say, I'd actually eat this. It's like, well, do you think I eat lousy food every day? I just don't, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So it's, um, um, I, I have seen the change in the world. It's still a challenge going out to restaurants, you know, um, even vegan restaurants, I would say, and I live in New York City, there are not, a, not that many, but we have quite a few and they still believe, and perhaps they're true, you know, perhaps it's correct that they have to do a lot of comfort food and they're doing the fake meats and the fried things and so on, which is not exactly health you know, healthy. So, um, but, but there's more and more choice. So I'm, I'm really happy about that because 13 years ago, really, there wasn't a lot of choice, you know, at all. No, 2008 is when I started and the vegan cheese we had back then was just horrible. It was horrible. So how hard or how easy was it for you? And you say your husband joined at the same time. How hard was it to make the switch? initially we were a little bit bumpy just because we didn't know what to eat and i would say if i had any advice to anybody i think you advocate this and i mean i know some of the other chefs and so on like maybe chef aj and different people is you know try to it, it doesn't have to be complicated you know you and i grew up with you know three square meals a day and they had to have meat and potatoes and vegetable on every plate and now i joke that i Sometimes I eat like when I was in college, which was just, you know, I'd open the fridge and say, ah, there's some lentil soup there. That's fine for dinner. And I would just have a little lentil soup for dinner. It doesn't have to be these huge, 
you know, meals every time. And that, I think we, and something, and if I get hungry, then I go eat something else, you know, on top of it. But it doesn't have to be like a full on meal three times a day. Um, and I find that that's sort of freeing that I don't have to like, you know, I mean, we do set the table and have dinner every night, but it's not, it doesn't have to be a newly cooked fresh meal. We can very often just make a nice salad and there's a baked potato and some of your cheese sauce and we're good to go, you know, and a fruit salad for dessert, you know, we're, we're fine. Um, I know a lot of people would probably think that that's bizarre, but I think that all of us have come to find that I'm not hungry, I'm, I'm healthy, and I don't need to have huge meals three times a day. As a matter of fact, I think that's why a lot of people, after they eat, they end up falling asleep because it's like, a, like having Thanksgiving dinner at your relative's house where you just collapse afterwards and are comatose. You know, it's just not, your body is talking to you and saying, why'd you, why'd you feed me so much? I remember working the night shift on Thanksgiving. We, we worked a lot of holidays and uh, they would cater Thanksgiving dinner for us. And they would, the supervisors were worried about me. You know, what are you going to eat, Chuck? Don't worry about me. I'll eat some of the sides. I don't have to eat the turkey. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You do your thing and I'll do mine. And they would, my friends and my coworkers would stuff themselves with all of the fixings, lots of turkey. And, you know, I would pick around and have a little green bean casserole, maybe a little mashed potato, a roll or something. I was fine. An hour later in the factory at work, they're falling asleep and I'm still as energetic as ever. And I'm kind of, I wanted to laugh at them and say, yeah, what's better guys. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's true. It's uh, funny how that is. Yeah. So when you made the switch, your family and friends at a time, did they support you? Well, my husband did, and that was the most important thing. And my kid was uh, 10 at the time. So he had to come along for the ride if he wanted to eat. <laughs> so, uh, so he did, but, um, I, you know, I did find substitutions that, you know, I am not by any means uh, a perfect, uh, 150% compliant, whole food, plant-based, clean eater. Believe me, um, I, I will never be perfect at anything in life. I have exceptions to most all rules, but, um, and, and that's my choice, you know, that I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to, and I don't have to be so rigid. I do realize some people need to be rigid. I mean, I think that some people who have um, overeating uh, disorders that they have triggers and they are not, if they have one little bite of something, they're, they're off and away. Um, for me, I can, you know, I allow myself, which actually I think I heard from Dr. Clapper or Dr. Goldhammer. I was at true North at one point and they said, if you do 90% right, 90% of the time you're, you're good. And I mean, I never eat meat or I never eat dairy, but occasionally, if I'm in a restaurant, I will have a nice salad that has some dressing that has oil in it or something like that. With my son, because he was a kid, I would find things that were kid-friendly for him. His favorite food on the planet was 
and like a lot of people was bacon. Okay. So when, when we said, no, we're not going to eat bacon anymore. You know, the kid was, he was really not happy. So I found tempeh bacon, you know, and I would make him that. And that had, that, that tasted like enough, like bacon that he was fine with it. And we still use that now um, in different, you know, pastas or something like that. Occasionally we'll have that. Um, so I think that rep, and I think this is your specialty. I think that it's your talent is replicating um, comfort food from your childhood. I mean, even like junky, weird, like, you know, whatever that bacon mushroom soup thing was that we, that was wonderful, horrible that we were growing up with. And I've made your version of it with the shiitake bacon. It's great. You know, it just gives us that um, taste memory, if you will, that I think is part of life. I think that those are enjoyable moments to remember, you know, being with your family, eating certain things, celebrating things with them with food. Um, so I, I still allow for those things. I just try to do it in a little healthier way. I tell people like my cheese sauce, it's not going to taste like cheese. If you just had a big hunk of cheddar yesterday or blue cheese or whatever, but your taste buds will change and you know, they will. It takes time, but they definitely change. And now my cheese sauce to me is how I remember cheese tasting. It may not taste exactly like it. It's how I remember it tasting. And it's close enough. That's close enough. I really do think that um, it'd be interesting like to actually do a scientific taste testing study or something. But I believe, and I think you've experienced it as well, that when you, uh, and, and I know that even people say it takes 21 days to change a habit. And I tell people, if you're trying to do this, just try to commit as best you can for 21 days, because within that 21 days, if you can make it 21 days, you've got this. You, you, your taste buds will change. You will taste food differently. You will enjoy the taste of foods in a different manner. So, um, a lot of people give up before they give that, I think, neural change switch over a chance, you know, to really click in. You um, saw my wife's blood pressure this morning in the live stream. We have a we have a support group, and me and Karen and a bunch of my friends we have a live stream every morning, and I shared with them just one month ago. You were saying twenty one days. One month ago, my wife's blood pressure was one seventy over ninety one. And this morning, it was 92 over 59. That's what can happen in just one month. Absolutely. Well, you know, your wife has been really uh, pretty disciplined and determined. And I understand because that's scary. Um, but I give her all credit because a lot of people would have been scared and would have immediately gone to the doctor and said, give me pills, do something immediately now because whatever but um i i do think that people have to i i would like for people to give their own bodies the chance to heal or get better on their own i mean blood pressure is just a symptom of something you know type 2 diabetes is is really just a symptom of of um your body that's out of whack and if you can just give your body a chance to get back 
uh, to balance, you know, with, you know, whether it's a balanced weight or, or, and, and there's a lot of factors, there's stress, there's all kinds of different things that play in. But if you can somehow give your body a chance, it will heal. It will heal. It may not heal 100%. Some people do need some medication here and there. But boy, I think, I mean, 90% of medication probably could be eliminated. That's my guess, you know. I used to work in the medical field, and it's funny because we've come full circle. There was, I worked in a resident training program with a lot of brand new uh, doctors who were constantly trying to do crazy things that we had, we had to stop them from doing, but, you know, experimenting on different incisions and crazy stuff. But um, there was a very, very wise older uh, doctor, who, country doctor, who was the head supervisor of the program. Um, and Dr. Widmer did crazy things, fun, crazy things, but he would come into the lab where I was working and he would say, I'm going to tell you a secret but don't tell anybody. And I'd say, okay, Dr. Widmer, what? He'd say 90% of what walks in this office would get better if people would just give it time. And that was a doctor talking. Um, and I, I, I agree. And now I think even more so, you know. So what's one thing you wish the non-vegan types would understand about why we do what we do, why we eat this way. You didn't have any uh, people that did not support you, but if you did, what would you say to them? Well, I did actually have people who would battle me. You know, um, we have a place uh, in the country and at one point along my journey, the only thing I really missed, which you probably hear this all the time is cheese. And as you said yourself, the vegan cheese out there was just dreadful. I mean, it was just not even worth eating. It was just awful. So I spent an entire summer experimenting and coming up with vegan cheese recipes. And if I do say so myself, they were fabulous. Um, they were not oil-free. They did have some coconut oil on them. But I decided, because I was near a very small country farmer's market to see what, if I could sell them. And I created a monster. I sold so much vegan cheese um, in two different summers. Uh, I actually created a business, which, I mean, I couldn't believe how much cheese I was selling. And it was, I would say, I sold 90% to non-vegans. When I go back there now, they're still asking me. They're calling me saying, can you make me some? I mean, I had black truffle brie. I had all kinds of good stuff. But, um, and I considered doing it as a business, but I, I, I think my mind came to its senses, realizing that I was creating a, a monster um, for me to handle more than anything else. But while I was at the farmer's market, which was every Saturday, um, and I had a big sign that said vegan cheese. So they knew it, even though it looked like real cheese. And I had taste testing. And it was really funny because people would come up and they would kind of look at it, but not touch. Like I, I was, and I'd say, try it. It's not going to kill you, you know? And they'd go, yeah, but it's vegan. And I'd go, oh, go on. You're a big guy. Try it. So they'd try it and they'd go, he likes it. Hey, Mikey. It's good. Doesn't taste like cheese, but it tastes good. And I'd say, okay, that's a start. 
But some men in particular would, it was almost like it was poison. They were terrified to even go near it. Um, and some, you're saying people who were not supportive, you know, people would come up and they say, well, you know, you really need meat to be healthy. And I, as you know, I like to talk and I have a mouth and I go, no, actually, you don't need meat to be healthy. And they go, yeah, yeah, you really, nutritionally, you can't be healthy without meat. Well, then there's fighting words to me because I've done the research. I know the science and I, I have to speak out on it. I, I'm not going to just say, okay, yeah, I'm not. So I would speak to it. But the vast majority of people I feel now are kind of live and let live. But, you know, there were so many non-vegans who were thrilled to eat vegan cheese. And I always say this, even in New York City, I happen to know people who own restaurants and they are so stubborn. I keep saying to them, it's good business. And they go, yeah, well, if you just ask, we'll make you something vegan. I'm like, I don't want to ask. I want to come in and order off the menu, okay? I don't want to be whatever that movie was, um, Five Easy Pieces, you know, hold the bacon, hold the mayonnaise, hold the, you know, and end up with a piece of bread and lettuce on it. I just don't. I want to dine and have a choice. And I keep telling them there are so many carnivores who eat vegan food. So if you have a beautiful quinoa salad, some guy might order that as a side, but if you have only meat options, your vegan or vegetarians can't only, can't order them. So your business model would make more sense because you you can sell non-meat things to all of the audience, but you can sell only meat to only meat people. So um, th they're starting to, hear me a little bit. I think part of the problem, and I do know, um, I, I have a friend who owned a beautiful restaurant. She still manages another great restaurant. And I have another guy who owns a restaurant. A lot of the resistance are the old chefs in the kitchen, not the owners. But when you have guys in, who've been working in the kitchen in front of a grill for 20 years doing it their way, and you come in and say, give me something without meat, they just roll their eyes. You know, they're like, no, nobody wants that, you know? So I think, I think we're getting there. I mean, New York City has, um, we've got some pretty special vegan restaurants. There's one guy that has like three different ones. He has, uh, actually, it's called Beyond Sushi. It's completely vegan, and it's the most gorgeous sushi you've ever seen in your life. And there's no animal products in it whatsoever. Um, and he makes everything from scratch. Um, he makes like, I don't know, some kind of crab, something or other out of tapioca and konjac, I think it is, but it, it, it's like crab, you know? So, um, I think there's a lot of real innovators out there and I think that will go a long ways. I'm still waiting for the vegan, um, food network chef. I, 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 we don't have, we don't even have a vegetarian, much less a vegan food network celebrity. So what used to be your favorite food? I like pretty much everything, but favorite foods, I would say, what do I miss? You know, and I, I would, I would say tiramisu would be right up there. You know, that was something that I loved. Um, I, I mean, 
I would say tiramisu would be my number one creme brulee, tiramisu. And I'm not even that big a dessert person, but I really, really love those. Um, so, but you know, your taste buds do change. I mean, a lot of that's occasionally like I'll go out and a friend will order it now and I'll have a little taste of it and it's almost too much. I mean, it's almost too sweet, too rich, too, it's just, it doesn't thrill me like it used to. So what's your favorite food now? You know, it's really funny because now I'm, I, I kind of like simple foods uh, more. I don't gravitate towards, I, I would say now like a potato, I make like a potato casserole kind of thing, which um, it's almost like scalloped potatoes, but more garlic and not creamy. I would say that that um, would be up there. Potatoes rank pretty high on my favorite list these days, I think. Okay. What's one tip you would have for anybody considering changing their diet? To all those people who are on the fence about joining the whole food plant-based movement or becoming a vegan, what's one tip you'd have for them? I would say, you know, we're, all of us are, our expectations, I think, are of perfection. And I would say, dip your toe in, you know, give yourself if you can give yourself three weeks, great, if not, give yourself one week. And just say that you'll try it as best you can for a week. And if you fall off the wagon, you know, we all do. Um, don't just throw in the towel and say, Oh, I can't do this just and I, I do this on a regular basis now. I mean, I'm still trying to to eat. And I'm, I've only recently totally committed to doing um, no oil. So if I go out with friends to a restaurant, inevitably there's oil on stuff. And if I eat some of it, I figure I say, okay, it's one meal. And the next morning I just get back into the saddle and try to eat clean. But our society is terrible about the all or nothing kind of mandate. It's like you have to either do it 100% or not at all. And that's not true. I mean, if I would prefer if people do meatless Mondays and then eat the rest of the food, if that's what they can do, fine. Maybe build on that, you know, maybe, you know, go a whole week without meat and don't give up your dairy and then maybe try to give up the dairy. Uh, there's so many ways to do this. And I don't think that perfect, I don't think there's any one path. Um, so I would just say, if you're going to do it, do it as an almost use yourself as a guinea pig as an experiment, and note how you feel before you start. And then be very aware of the changes. Because for my husband, for example, he used to eat Tums like they were candy because he had, you know, acid reflux or GERD or I don't know what. I mean, it was just his way of life. He always was eating a Tums for some reason. We haven't even had Tums in the house in 10 years, I don't think. He just, there's just, you know, so there's little things that you, if you pay attention, that you'll notice that, you know, you, you feel better. Um, your allergies might be better, your skin might be better, your your digestion definitely will be better. I can almost guarantee that. Um, so, and if if you if you fall off the wagon, circle back and try it again. Don't don't say that it it's not for you. You know. 
But I think that now, especially with all of the um, the success stories, like on you know uh, forks over knives, the people who've lost enormous amounts of weight and have really regained their lives, you know, people who were debilitated, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything, couldn't work, um, and are living a full, healthy life for the first time, really, in their lives. Um, it's not a matter, this is not a fad. This is a lifestyle and it's here to stay if people choose it, you know. I would say the other thing for me, which was important, and I'll make a suggestion for you on this, was um, you really do need to learn to cook, you know. Uh, it doesn't have to be fancy schmancy. It can be very simple cooking, but I would say uh, I live in New York where nobody cooks, Okay, I mean, there somebody did a study recently, and I think it was something like 80% of ovens have never been turned on in New York City, um, which doesn't surprise me because I know a lot of people that all they do is go out and eat. Um, but I would say simple cooking, basic cooking, you know, learning how to do a few things with the Instapot, that kind of thing, um, really sets you up for success. I would say, and this is a suggestion for you, I would love to have a um, challenge to teach men to cook. Because my husband, my husband used to cook a little bit, but for some reason, when we became whole food, you know, plant-based, and I took over the kitchen and started cooking, he defaulted to me. And now it's like, you cook so much better. So, you know, having said that, he cleans, he shops and he does all the shopping and he does all the cleaning. So he's not, not contributing. But I worry about him if something happens to me, Chuck. I mean, what's he going to eat? He's going to go up and, I don't know, go to the deli and get some quinoa or something. But, you, you know, my son also, I'm telling him, you've got to learn to cook. If you want to be healthy, you have to learn at least basic cooking skills. But I think that um, you could make it actually fun. You could do like um, like a husband's, you know, cooking challenge and teach them how to make one dish and just get them going on it, you know, because wouldn't that be nice if I came home and dinner was ready for me for once? <laughs> okay. I'll consider that. So I got one more question for you, Karen. Could you ever go back? No, never. No, as a matter of fact, I've actually thought about that. It's like, okay, let's say the world started to end and there was nothing to eat, you know, my, my food. And all I could do was eat, I don't know, some meat that somebody offered me. And I guess if, I, if it was a matter of survival, you know, you'd do whatever you'd have to do, but it would have to be pretty pretty drastic for me to start eating meat and dairy again. It really would be. I just think, um, you know, I'm now I'm 67. Um, I feel better than when I was in my 50s, no doubt about it. I'm, uh, well, I don't know, 40 pounds thinner. I could still lose some weight, but I'm, um, I battled weight forever. I went up, I went down, I went up, I went down. And um, now I rarely even step on a scale. I mean, I just, uh, I'm not obsessed about it. I eat when I'm hungry. I eat when I feel like it. And my 
body is sort of taking care of balancing things out on its own, you know, um, which is a great relief because I know a lot of women in particular, and I would imagine men as well, who um, spend their entire lives trying to lose weight. I've always said, you know, what a waste of time that is instead of doing something else, you know, instead of getting on with your life, you know, to make that your life's mission to lose the weight. Um, there, there's better, more important things to, to spend your life on. A trip I went on to the Remedy Food Conference here in Oregon on the Columbia River Gorge two, three years ago before COVID. Um, all the big famous plant-based stocks were there, McDougal, all the guys, Goldhammer, Lyle. Um, they fed us three meals a day for the three or four days that we were there. And I was so afraid that somebody would catch me going down to the snack bar, the restaurant or something. So when I sat down at a meal, even though it was all plant-based, whole food, no oil, very tasty, I made sure I ate. I ate a lot. I stuffed myself so I wouldn't get hungry. And I came back four days later and I had lost five pounds. So it's, it's the food. It's the food. It, it really is. And um, I also have a theory about that because I used to experience that even before I was whole food. Um, when I'd go on vacation, I, I would give myself permission to just eat anything I wanted on vacation. And I would. And inevitably, I would come back thinner. And I think a lot of that has also to do with relaxing and eating, not just eat, not just stuffing and eating on the go the way so many people do. I mean, I another statistic which I find tragic is that something like 75% of kids eat dinner in a car because they're always running to soccer or they're running to music or something. So, you know, mom drives through a drive-through and grabs them a hamburger. They eat dinner in cars majority of time because they're overscheduled possibly you know the family dinner of just sitting down relaxing talking arguing whatever it is and eating together is is not a normal thing in people's lives anymore and i think that that's also a big problem i mean you have to be in a relaxed state and eating in order to have it not uh turn into indigestion and and overweight and everything else. So lifestyle definitely plays a big part of it. I mean, I'm still working on, you know, trying to get more exercise and that kind of thing. But um, I, I do not allow myself to be uh, like eating on the street, running from place to place. I, I make sure that I have time to sit down, relax for a few minutes and have a meal. Um, but I don't think that's most people's norm. Well, thank you so much, Karen. This has been very fun, very entertaining, very educational. You have any last words? Uh, no, I just think it's great. I think that um, your group is great. I think that I'm I'm happy that you've started the uh, the community group. It's has a different feel than your normal uh, Facebook page. I, I'm on both of them. They just have a different kind of feel to them. But, uh, you know, I, I love your recipes. Um, you've taught me a lot of different things that I have yet to experiment with, like, go, what is it, gochugara? Gochu something or other. I'm about to launch in to see what that's about. Korean spaces. 
yeah but uh i think it's i think it's just such a nice uh kind group and you are the leader who i think um keeps that feeling going there's a lot of groups where it's a little heavy-handed it's a little too um you know you have to do this or else you'll never do that you know you if you don't give up oil you're going to never get your weight off but you have a very supportive um, uh, personality and i think it's very encouraging for a lot of people so i it's a pleasure to be around you and also the people who for you know have become part of your group well thank you i you know we've all been there we know what it's like and um I, I try to make the kind of groups that I would want to be in, non-judgmental. Do the best you can. We're here to support you if you if you goof up, and like you said, don't beat yourself up. Just get back on board tomorrow. It's a new day. Anything's possible. So thank you. I appreciate that. So there you have it. Another everyday vegan story. If you like these types of interviews, please consider subscribing. Hit that like button and uh, ring that noti bell so you get notified when the next video come out. And maybe you have your own story. If you'd like to share how this way of eating has helped you, please leave me a comment down below. I'll be glad to interview you. It only takes one person to see it who's ready at that moment to make a difference. And you could possibly help somebody change your life. So with that, thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. This is Chuck from Brand New Vegan. Hope you enjoyed.